Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Come on, somebody, make some noise. Our Jesus, our Savior is alive. Man, the, the 930 service was better than you guys. I'm not trying to make it a competition, but I'm pretty competitive. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is alive. Come on, somebody. Hey, my name is Caleb, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Project Church. I have the opportunity of sharing from God's Word today. We're so glad you guys are here today. If you're new, if it's your first time, man, I just want to welcome you. If you've been coming for years, uh, thank you for being here. We're a six-year-old church, and uh, finally we have, we're coming up on a church home for us in Old Sacramento, and uh, we're super excited for what God's going to do. But hey, I don't know why you came in here today. Um, I don't know if you came because somebody brought you because you're after a girl and she said, come to church with me, so you came. Uh, if your parents convinced you to come, if a friend drug you along, but I just want to ask you today that you would open up your heart right now, that you would uh, have an expectancy, because I believe when we come expectant, we'll receive something. And so I don't, I don't know what your background is, I don't know your history of all of you in this room, but I want to ask you that you would just right now say, you know what? I want to receive something. I want to open my heart to get something today. Because I believe if we come into the house of God, we never leave the same. Uh, he always changes us, even if it's a little bit. And so today I want to talk to you, and the title of my message is Come and See. So if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to be reading from there. Uh, this last week, uh, my wife and I bought our first home. Come on, somebody. Uh, after many years of marriage, seven, uh, uh Three kids, I almost said seven kids. I hope that's not prophetic. Uh, three kids and uh, one, seven, six, and four. Uh, we finally bought our first home. And so on Wednesday, we officially moved in. Wednesday, we officially moved in. And uh, it's been pretty interesting, the journey of moving into a home that's a bit of a fixer-upper. And uh, my wife suddenly has transformed into Joanna Gaines, y'all. And so we got Joanna over here to my left. And, uh, man, she's been watching DIY. She's been, you know, uh, uh, watching these shows. She's on Pinterest every day. And she is Joanna Gaines suddenly. She has this vision. But let me tell you, your boy is no chip, okay? Come on, somebody. Some of you are like, I can see your pants, Caleb. We know you're no chip. This morning, my, uh, my five-year-old or my six-year-old son, he looked at me and he said, Dad, I really like your Aladdin shoes. And I was like, that's not what I was going for, but okay, I'll take it. He meant it as a compliment. Like, he, it was legit from his heart. Dad, I really like your Aladdin shoes. But, man, I got to tell you, your boy is no chip, all right? We got Joanna maybe over here, but I'm no chip. And uh, it's been funny because how you come into a situation is one thing. But then once you really see the reality of what it's going to take, it's another thing. So my wife came into this house with, like, this vision and these ideas, these schemes, you know, like these plans. But once we're seeing, like, what it's going to take and who she married, the reality begins to set in, okay, of what this is going to entail. The perspective shifts. Today I want to talk to you about come and see. We see this in this passage of Scripture. You see how we come is one thing, 
But how we come, it begins to shift when we see. And if we look at this passage, uh, we're going to read here in a moment. But what I think is happening in our world is a lot of us have come to church. You know, probably most of you in this room have been to church at some point in your life. So you've come. Maybe you come to church every week. Maybe you come once a year on Easter or Christmas, twice a year. Maybe you came with your parents as a child. Maybe, maybe you, you came at one point in your life, but you don't really come anymore. But the reality is a lot of us come to church, but I think many of us and many people in this world are living and they're coming with a shut tomb mindset. We have a shut tomb mindset. But when we see with an open tomb mindset, everything changes, doesn't it? A lot of people in this world are coming to church or coming to God with a shut tomb mindset. But when we see with an open tomb mindset, there's a shift. Because I believe we're held back by a shut tomb mindset. Like, it's not the best way to live. And I know most people, in fact, all historians agree that Jesus lived on the earth. That he walked on this earth. That he was a great teacher, philosopher, some would say. Some, some would even agree, like, maybe he performed some miracles somehow, some way. But they're still saying he's dead. He died and he stayed dead. And when you come with the shut tomb mindset, I believe that it's holding you back from the life that God intended you to live. But when you see, when you begin to see that the tomb is open, when you begin to see that our Savior isn't dead, he died, but three days later, he rose again, everything changes. Everything changes. So let's read Matthew chapter 27. I'm starting in verse number 65. I'll be going into chapter 28. This is from the gospel according to Matthew. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can, referring to the tomb. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said, come and see the place where he lay. I want to talk to you about the mindset that you have. The mindset that you walked into this room with today. Did you walk in with the shut tomb mindset or with an open tomb mindset? You see, there's really these two different mindsets in our world. Either Jesus is alive or he's dead. These two exist in contradiction to one another. He came one way. But when we see that the tomb is empty, everything changes. So there's some results, I believe, when we come with a shut tomb mindset. The first is fear. Everybody say fear. You see, a shut tomb mindset, it, it gives us fear. Now, I don't know how many of you are excited for the new Infinity War movie coming out. Uh, not Infinity, Avengers coming out this week. Endgame, that's what it's called. Endgame is coming out this week. Some of you are excited, some of you not. So I'm going to just give a little spoiler to the first one, Infinity War. So if you don't want to hear it, the first one, not the new one coming out, the first one. Plug your ears for a moment. See, my boys, they're... 
they're in kindergarten and first grade, and, and they go to an elementary school. And uh, I haven't let them watch Avengers because uh, I'm a good parent and I protect them. But a lot of their classmates have seen it. And so all their classmates, thank you for those of you that are letting your five and six-year-old watch Avengers. Um, a lot of their classmates have told them that at the end of Avengers Infinity War, the first one, okay, plug your ears if you don't want to hear, this is a spoiler, that half of the heroes die and turn into black smoke and disappear. They were told this. And so they're like terrified that the bad guys win. They're terrified that the good guys lose. In fact, they're so sad because they heard that Black Panther and Spider-Man die. Those are like their favorites, right? And so they're like, Dad, they turned into black smoke and they died. So they keep saying to me, Dad, we have to go see Endgame with you. Because we got to know that the good guys are going to come back to life and win. We got to know that the good guys didn't end there in smoke, in death. They're coming back. And they keep asking me, Dad, you got to let us see it. Why? Because they believe that good should win. They believe that Thanos should lose. Come on, somebody. And so they keep asking me why. Because they know the truth. And in the same way, let me tell you, if Jesus just died, we would be living a less than life. But our Savior didn't stay dead. He didn't just turn into black smoke and disappear. Three days later, he rose again. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be. I already told him, I said, look, guys, you don't got to see it. I'll, I'll tell you the end. The good guys win, okay? End game. They're coming back. Come on, somebody. They're coming back. Matthew 27, 54 through 56, it says, when the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe. And said, truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him. Among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. You see, these centurions, these women, the disciples, they were all afraid. You know what the disciples were doing while Jesus was being crucified? They were in witness protection, okay, they were in hiding. The women, it says, were watching from a distance. Why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid of what's going to happen to them. They're afraid of what's going to be done to them if they're associated with Jesus. You see, fear always leads us to the worst case scenario, doesn't it? I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm married, and there's times where I have thoughts about my wife being unfaithful to me. And then those thoughts will take me down a path and suddenly I'm in the worst case scenario. I have little kids and I'll have thoughts of my children dying. And suddenly it's like worst case scenario. Why? Because that's what fear does. The enemy wants you afraid because the enemy knows if you live in a state of fear, he can get you in a state of helplessness. He can put you in a place where you are frozen by the fear that has a hold of your life. Some of us are afraid of what people will think if we believe in this Jesus that, that we worship. Like, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? I think a lot of people in this world are, are living in fear of what's coming. They, they know that, 
or, or they believe that, that God isn't real or they believe that Jesus wasn't the Savior and, and they don't believe that there's a creator. And so they're in fear knowing, like, what's going to happen after I die? I mean, I have 70, 80, maybe 90 years on this planet, and then what? And then what's coming? And so you know what we do? We just avoid it. We don't think about it. We don't talk about it. We don't want to wrap our mind around it. With the shut-to mindset, we'll always have fear because we're looking and living in a way that lacks hope. But with Jesus, when we live with an open-to mindset, when we see with an open-to mindset, you know what comes in? Courage. Everybody say courage. There's a courage that rises up within us. The men are nowhere to be found, the disciples. The women are watching from a distance. But when they find out that that tomb is open, something clicks, something is released, something is awakened. All 12 of the disciples are murdered for their faith in Jesus. You want to know why that happened? Because the fear was gone and the courage came. Because when you believe that the tomb is empty, you live in a different way, don't you? You live in a courageous way. Some people tell me, oh, man, living for Jesus, being a Christian, that's boring. I'm like, somebody's lied to you because following Jesus is the most adventurous life because Jesus will ask you to do some crazy things. He'll ask you to risk some things. He'll put you in some tough situations. I found that I got to live by faith when I follow Jesus more than when I don't. Because he's putting me out there. He's pushing me. He's stretching me. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to walk in courage, not in fear. This is what he does. When you have an open to mindset, you're not afraid. You're filled with courage. Once the disciples realized this, man, they went from the witness protection program to the can I get a witness program. Come on, somebody. That was corny. I'm sorry. Some of us today are weighed down with fear. You want to know why you're weighed down with fear? Because you have a shut to mindset. Come and see that the tomb is empty and you will live out a courageous life. When we come with the shut to mindset, you know what we have? We have doubt. There's a lot of doubt in our minds, in our hearts. As we saw, the, the disciples were in hiding. But the centurion and his men believed. Did you see when I read that just a moment ago? It says that the earthquake happens, they're close to Jesus, watching him on the cross. Jesus dies, the earth begins to shake, and suddenly they say, this truly is the Son of God. There's a belief. Here's what I think. A lot of us think God is threatened by our doubt. And so you know what happens? We go through a struggle or a situation or, or, or a circumstance that puts doubt into our heart. And, and what we do is then we push away from God. And we distance ourselves from God. We distance ourselves from the church. We distance ourselves from other believers because we go, man, I have doubt. I'm going through a struggle. If God really loved me, he wouldn't allow me to go through this situation. So, so I'm going to distance myself from God. I'm going to push back from the church. I'm going to pu push back from other believers. Let me tell you, if you stay close to Jesus long enough, eventually you'll see the power of Jesus in your life. The centurion and his guard were close to Jesus, so they were so close, they saw the power of Jesus revealed when the earth begins to shake after he dies. Some of us are pushing away from God because of our doubt, and I want to tell you, God isn't threatened by your doubt. He's not intimidated by your doubt. In fact, he embraces your doubt. He welcomes your doubt. He says, just stay close to me long enough, and I'll remove your doubt, and I'll, re and I'll replace it with faith. That's what God does. He replaces our doubt with faith. Man, so many times I've seen people push back from God in their doubt. But I think if we stay close to God long enough, he will show us his power. 
my boys <coughs> occasionally I'll bring them to the gym with me, very occasionally. And uh, sometimes our gym isn't very busy. It's a smaller gym, and I know the owner. And so the, the boys will come with me, and they'll play on the basketball courts. And then sometimes I'll bring them into the weight room with me. And they'll come into the weight room, and they'll see me in there lifting weights. And every time, they are super impressed. Okay, let me tell you. And uh, so the other day, they were in there, and, and I was deadlifting. And so I, I do a deadlift, but my, my pants are too tight. So I'd show you. So, so I was deadlifting, right? I had, I had 225s on, 245s on each side. So I'm deadlifting 225. I know some of you are impressed already. And, uh, and so I, I did like a, a set of deadlifts, and they're like, Dad, how much is that? And I'm like, that's 225 pounds, boys. And so they're like, do you think we could lift it? I said, go ahead and try and so the two of them came weighing 47 and 54 pounds each. And they each stood on in kind of in the middle of the bar. And at the same time, I said, on three, you guys lift it as hard as you can. One, two, three. They both tried to lift it. It didn't even budge. They couldn't. They're like, Dad, you're like the Hulk. I'm like, I know. It's crazy. I look skinny on the outside. But let me tell you something. My boys, they think I'm strong. And I let them know. Why? Because they spend time with me. They spend enough time with me, eventually they're going to see my power. Now, obviously, like some of you are like, you're not that strong, Caleb. Like, I know, but to them I am. In the same way, you spend enough time with God. You stay close to God. You stay in the presence of God. You connect to God. Eventually, you'll see the power of God revealed. I know maybe you haven't seen it yet. Maybe he hasn't intervened in your situation yet. Maybe he hasn't touched what you're going through yet. You stay close to him, and eventually, you'll see his power revealed in your life. Your power revealed in his situation. Some of you are pushing back on God when you need to draw near to God, and he'll move in your life. Because what we see is that open two mindset, we get faith. When you, when you see with an open two mindset, you're filled with this faith, and this faith changes everything. When you experience Jesus, everything changes. Some of us have been told that, that Jesus rose from the grave and, and that he's real, but we haven't experienced it for ourselves. Let me tell you. You can't go on your pastor's experience. You can't go on your mom's experience. You can't go on your sibling's experience. You can't go on your spouse's experience. You can't go on your friend's experience. You got to experience Jesus for yourself. And when you do, your faith will rise. And when you do, your doubt will leave. And when you do, there will be a shift in your heart and in your life that changes the trajectory in which you're living. Some of you have been filled with doubt. And as a result, you're filled with hopelessness. And I want to tell you. Faith, an open tomb mindset is the best way to live. When you see with an open tomb mindset, you live in a different way, a different kind of way, a more joy-filled way. When we come with a shut tomb mindset, you know what we experience? We experience sorrow. There's a sadness that comes. There's a sorrow that surrounds us. In Matthew 28, 1, it actually says that the women went to see the tomb. The two Marys, they go to see the tomb. Why do you go to see a tomb? You go to see a tomb because you believe the person in it is dead. You go to see the place where Jesus is buried because that place is filled with a dead, lifeless body. And it says that they went sorrowful. They went in sadness. They went full of sorrow. And in Mark, actually, chapter 16, we see that they go, and not only do they want to see the tomb, 
But they want to anoint Jesus' body with spices. They just, this is their way of honoring Jesus because they loved him. So I want to read verse 9. It says, now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. You see that? As they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. Here's what I believe is happening in our world. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And he wants to live in you. And he wants to live in our lives. But a lot of people are still walking through this life mourning. We're walking through this life sorrowful. We're walking through this life in a constant state of depression, discouragement, sadness, sorrow. Why? Because we don't know the truth. We're walking through this like the disciples were. They were sorrowful. They were weeping. They were mourning. And all the while, Jesus is alive. I want to tell you right now, Jesus is alive. You don't have to live in sorrow. You don't have to live in sadness. You don't have to live discouraged. You don't have to live depressed. Why? Because your Savior lives. When you have an open to mindset, your sorrow shifts to one that I like, which is joy. Everybody say joy. Your sorrow shifts, it shifts to joy. When you know that Jesus died, defeated death, and he did it for you, nothing can take your joy away. You see, it's not, there's a difference between happiness and joy, isn't there? Happiness is a feeling. Joy is a state of being. That no matter my circumstances, no matter what I walk through, no matter my struggle, I may not feel happy, but my faithfulness to God fills me with joy. I may not feel it in the moment, but because of God's faithfulness, I have a joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Come on, somebody. That's what he does. An open to a mindset says you have joy no matter what you're going through. No matter how hard it is. No matter what you've walked through in 2019 already. No matter how many discouraging things you face. No matter how empty your bank account is. Come on, somebody. No, no matter what, no matter that you just had a breakup, no matter that your marriage isn't perfect, you still walk with the joy knowing God's got me. He's going to work it out in my favor because God works all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. You see, there's a joy. Matthew 28, 8 says they come to the tomb to mourn, but they leave rejoicing. You see, when you come with a closed to mindset, what do you have? Mourning, sadness, defeat, discouragement, depression. But when you see that the tomb is open, when your mindset changes, said, my Savior is alive, there's a shift that comes. And you leave in joy. Some of you came in here sorrowful, but you're going to leave joyful. You came in here discouraged, but you're going to leave encouraged. You came in here thinking there was no future, but I'm here to tell you, God's got a future for you. All you got to do is surrender to him. You see, and if the band would come back, we're going to close. When we come with a shut-to mindset, there's a hopelessness, isn't there? There's a hopelessness that surrounds us. With the shut-to mindset, this hopelessness tells us that there's nothing good coming in our future. It tells us that, that there's nothing to look forward to. That, that there's no eternity. That there's no destiny. That you don't have a purpose. A shut-to mindset actually tells you that you're here by accident. You hear me? 
The shut two mindset tells you that your life doesn't matter. That your life was a complete accident. But an open two mindset is one of hope. It's one of being hopeful. Where God says, no, 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 you aren't here by accident. I knit you together in, my, in your mother's womb. I prepared you on purpose and for a purpose and with a purpose. When you walk in that, when you walk with an open to mindset, there's a hopefulness that infuses your heart and your spirit. That you don't live the same way. You don't walk the same way. There's a purpose attached to everything you do. There's a pep in your step because you know you're on a mission. You're not here by accident. God put you here and he's got something for your future. When we see with an open to mindset, there's a hope that infills us. I love this part in Mark 16, the, the gospel of Mark, which we're actually going through as a church. We've been going verse by verse through the book of Mark. After our At The Movie series, we'll be resuming Mark and jumping back into it. But in chapter 16, the two Marys are coming and they want to anoint Jesus with oil, his dead body. And it says in verse 3, and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. I love that that's just thrown in there. It's big. Here's what I think. Here's what I've seen. Here's what I've experienced in this life. A lot of us are trying to roll the stones of our life. We're trying to roll the stones of our jobs, of our success. We're trying to roll the stones of our bank account. We're trying to roll the stones of our purpose. We're trying to roll the stones of all of these things to fill the void in our heart. But I'm here to tell you, there's a God that wants to roll those stones for you. He'll move them before you even show up. He'll move them before you even get to the tomb. He moves those for you. The problem is so many of us in this life, the reason we're hopeless is because we think we got to do it all on our own. We think that anything that comes good in our life is going to be because we do it, because we make it. And I'm not saying you don't grind. I'm not saying you don't work. I'm not saying you don't put the effort forth. You got to. But what I am saying is at the end of the day, it's God that rolls the stones, not you. It's God that makes the way, not you. It's God that orders your steps, not you. It's God that pays the path, not you. It's his word that lights it, not you. We got to trust that our God will move the stones, that our God will pave the path. And some of us, we're trying so hard. We're pushing the stones on our own, and we're wondering why it's not working. We're wondering why it leaves us feeling hopeless. We're wondering why when we do get a stone to, to budge, it doesn't feel any different. You want to know why? Because it's only God that can move them. It's only God that can shift what needs to be shifted. So I was reading this article this last week, and it was uh, about this new movie coming out called Mary Magdalene. I don't know if you've seen this, but I saw the preview, and I was reading this article because Joaquin Phoenix is playing Jesus. And uh, I don't know, that's hard for me because I just picture him in Gladiator. And uh, one of my favorite parts of that movie is when Maximus Decius Meridius stabs that dude in the throat and ends it. That man was messed up. Joaquin Phoenix, Jesus, I don't think so. But anyways, I digress. That's not in my notes. So Joaquin Phoenix had a part in the movie that he had to do where he was supposed to pick up dirt 
and spit into the dirt and make mud. And then he was supposed to put the mud on the eyes of the blind man and then the mud would fall off and the man would be able to see. And Joaquin Phoenix wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do that scene. And he actually used an expletive. He said, who the would do that? And he used that. And I was reading it and God spoke to my heart. And, and I believe God wanted me to share this with you. See, a lot of us are, are looking for hope, but we think hope looks a certain way. We think that hope is really sterile and clean and perfect. But let me tell you, hope in this life is rarely picture perfect. Why? Because we're not picture perfect. Let me tell you something. Hope when it comes to us as human beings is messy. How many are messy in this place? We got any messy people in here? Hope is messy, but God does it. He reaches down in the dirt and he gets his hands dirty for you. He goes in the mud for you. He puts and does things that other people wouldn't see and wouldn't think and wouldn't think. Why would it be done that way? Why? Because Jesus doesn't operate the way we think he would always operate. You see, hope is often messy because we're messy. But let me tell you, an open tomb mindset, it gives you the hope that you need. And some of you have been walking through this life hopeless. You've been laboring through this life hopeless. And I think a lot of it is our mindset because our mindset says that the tomb is shut. That the tomb is closed. When you know that Jesus died, that he defeated death, and he did it for you, he did it for me, nothing can take away your hope. You're going to be filled with it. Filled to overflowing. Why? Because your hope is anchored in something that doesn't change. You have something that won't let you down, that won't let you go. You know, I, I was reading this passage the first time, and I, I was preparing for Easter months ago. And this is where this idea of come and see came from. Just I, I was praying, and I was reading the passage. I kept reading it over and over. But you know what jumped out at me as much as the angel saying to the Marys, come and see the tomb where he laid, where he laid, but he's not laying there anymore. You know what jumped out at me just as much? was the fact that it said that Pilate sent some guards to make that tomb secure. It says seal it and make it as secure as you can. Seal it, make it as secure as you can. I wanna tell you something, they sealed it. They made it as secure as they could. But our God unseals that which man would try to seal. Our God loosens that which the enemy says is set. Our God opens that which many has said has been closed forever. Our God died, but three days later he rose again and he lives today. The tomb is empty. Come on somebody, testify that Jesus is alive. The 930 service was better than you. The tomb was shut, but now it's open. And so I want to ask you right now a question. 
it's all led up to this. You know, we did this, we did this 3D Easter, and we had some 3D videos, and you guys got to put on the glasses, and that was fun and cute, but we did all this for one reason, because we wanted to see some mindsets and some hearts shift in this place. Because some of you have been walking through this life with a closed tomb, a shut tomb mindset. And today, on this day, April 21st of 2019, God knew you were going to be here in the Crest Theater. And he knew that a moment was coming that the Holy Spirit was going to speak to your heart and say, it's time. It's time for your mindset to shift. It's time for your heart to shift. No longer are you going to live that the tomb is closed. You're going to live knowing that the tomb is open, that Jesus is alive, that Jesus came and he died for you and he died for me and your life is on a different trajectory. That's what today's about. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now. With this many people in the room, I know that someone in this place, you've been laboring, you've been struggling, You've been hurting, and you've been doing it with a closed tomb mindset. And today, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, and God has, has talked to you, and he's touched your heart. And he said, it's time to make your shift. The tomb is open. Believe it. The tomb is open. Receive it. Jesus is alive. Invite him in. Today is your moment. This is your time. God wants to do something in you, and leave, you will leave here on a different trajectory, in a different way than you came into this place. So heads bowed, eyes closed all across this room. If you're in this room, you say, Caleb, that's me. I, I have had a closed tomb, a shut tomb mindset. And maybe you knew God at one time, but you've been living like the tomb is shut. Maybe you lived for God at one time, but you've been living like the tomb is sealed. Or maybe you've never received Jesus into your life. You've never said, I'll believe I'll receive. The Bible says it's really simple. All we have to do is confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is alive, and you will be saved. That's it. It's that simple. So if you're in this room, you say, okay, I've been living with the shut tomb mindset. I've ran from God. Or maybe you say, I've never known God. I've never received Jesus. I've never made this shift. I've never shifted my heart. I've never said, Jesus, come into my life. Today's your day. I'm going to count to three. Don't be afraid. I talked about a courage. Everyone in here is rooting for you. That person that's sitting next to you, and, and they know what's going on in your life, they want you to raise your hand. So if you're in this room and you say, Caleb, that's me. Nobody's looking around it's between you and God and me because I want to pray for you. And you say, that's me. It's time for me to make this shift. The tomb is not closed. The tomb is empty. The tomb is open. Jesus is alive. I'm receiving him into my life. I'm changing my direction. I'm changing my trajectory. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand. Shoot it up quick without any shame. One, two, three, put your hand up. Yes, hands are going up all across the room. Come on, church, give God some praise. This is what it's all about. Come on. Yes, many hands, dozens of, dozens of hands. Stand to your feet, everybody in here, stand to your feet. I want you to pray this prayer with me. There's no nothing magical about this prayer, but I believe this is a prayer of commitment. And if you believe it in your heart, then it's done in God's book. And I want us to pray this prayer. Everybody repeat after me. And when I say amen, I want you guys to go crazy. Give God a shout of praise and we're going to start singing. You want to know why? Because the Bible says that when one name is added 
to the book of life, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we saw many hands go up, and we're going to rejoice with these who have made this commitment today. So repeat this prayer after me, and then let's go nuts and sing this song as a song that says, I believe that Jesus is alive, that the tomb is empty. Repeat this after me. Say, Jesus Christ, thank you for dying for me, for coming into this world and living a perfect life and going to the cross for me. Today I believe that the tomb is open, that the grave is empty, that you are alive. I receive you, Jesus, into my heart, into my life. I will live for you from this day forward in your name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Let's sing this together. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.